and welcome to Intuitate Radio. This is Relationship Insight with an intuitive twist. I am your host, medium and intuitive dating expert, Marissa Liza Pell, and we have our summer lifestyle series going on. And last week, you heard Vinny the Crime, and he's back. Oh my God. What Two the- times in a row. How, how is this happening? Aren't you so excited how I introduce you? Like, I'm so excited about you. Uh, yeah, you got me so excited, but I got nothing. You got everything. <laughs> Last week, I was very impressed by you because really? I've known you as Vinny the Crumb, you know, making fun of things, jokester. And last week, you got in there with practical relationship advice that was, it was pretty on key. You you, you threw it down. You listen, threw it down. Listen, man. You know what? There's a lot more. Really? That, that you don't know about me. Layers Trust of me. the onion. <laughs> the onion goes, and it's a big onion. Okay. So you got to have a lot of time. To we get have through time. The onion. All right. Well, so we'll, 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 we'll get into more of it. We're getting into more of it. And, and in the studio, again, we have our lovely ladies, Stable Gina. Hey. And Donna Drama. <laughs> Coming at you. Donna, do you have any drama this week? No. Oh, just wow. Wor- working on myself, spending a lot of alone time. Yeah. Just real, real, real good. Real down home, real comfort yeah. food, Southern, Southern Belle. Yeah. Good. Okay. We have some interesting stuff, ladies. A woman coming in today that uh, we didn't. We're going to get on in, in just a few minutes. Her name is Doctor J. I was so excited when I saw the guest list. I thought, "Wow, cool! Some sports. Yeah. We'll work that in. Yeah, talk to Doctor J." But no, it's not the Doctor J. It's another Doctor J, and she's a lot better looking than the regular Doctor J. So yeah, we're gonna, uh, that's that, that's okay with me. Yeah, she's she's better looking. She's got a nice eggplant. You know, shirt on. She's dressed nicely. I, you know, I'm gonna tease her for a couple minutes before we, because I want you guys to, you know, to to feel the tension building up here. What Bob Grant taught me: got to build the tension. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> you know what I'm Bob saying? Grant last weekend yeah. tell you to build up the tension. Right, and we need we need some help from a woman in studio to talk about man training because techniques. there's just not enough women in here. No, <laughs> you're fine. You're doing just fine. I'm drowning in here. I need a snorkel with all this estrogen. All right. Today's topic is about controlling women and. I don't know about any of you, but I know I have that in me because, you know, I run businesses. I have that as a part of my repertoire. I control areas of my life. And so if I take that into a relationship, obviously it doesn't do so well with men, which I which I didn't think, you know, you can't take your work home with you. But we have a couple great guests here today. We have Dr. J, which is coming in just a few moments. And she is our man trainer. She's 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 amazing. She's going to tell you how to train your man like a dog. <laughs> oh my god, I'm have fun with this. Oh yeah. boy. And uh, you're the only man in the studio, so we're going to get some hopefully some reactions here. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe a few. Okay. So, and then in a little while we have Laura Doyle, who is New York Times best-selling author of The Surrendered Wife. And she's been on before and I was like, what kind of title is this? You know, I'm going to mm. surrender. You know, like what is this for like weak women? But then I read the book and it's all about how to relinquish control and as a woman be a woman. And I and demanding so very paradoxical. Paradoxical. Yeah. You can't tell that by the the cover, but her book is. I mean, if you have issues with conflicting with men in relationships, and you're constantly at each other, and you're not feeling like he's treating you like the woman you want to be treated like, and you have a Type A personality, this is a great book for you. So we're going to talk to her later, and I want to get to Donna drama real quick too. Th- this is stuff that I think could help all of us, even you, for all the drama. Oh, absolutely. You know. We talked about your hash brown story last week. Yeah. And can you tell us one more story about how demanding you were before, like three years ago and controlling? Well, uh, which one do I go with? Well, first, let me let me step in because I think it's fair to, to you know, before she goes into one of the, another one of these horrendous stories, to really just tell everybody that 
She doesn't do this anymore. No, no, no. She is <laughs> yeah, a new no. person. No, it's, it's definitely a different yes. person. There's, this yes. isn't the person that you're listening to. This is the person was before. That. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely. really cool. He tested you. Remember, yeah. you told me this story yeah. that he actually came because one of the things before was every time he'd wear something, it wasn't ever right. Yeah. Right? So you would say, tell us what you would say to him three like, years ago. Uh, you're wearing that. And he'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, no, you're not. Like, and I actually <laughs> went shopping for him. Yeah. And bought him a ton of clothes and was like, you owe me $160. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Really? I'm and what did kidding. he say? He said, okay. And then he just paid you? Yeah, and then we broke up like not too long after that. <laughs> okay. Did he pay you first? Yeah, he did. What a dummy. Did you break up with him at that time or did he break up with you? It was mutual. Yeah, you guys it are just, was, we were just not like, having this it. Is not, this is not working. But he was the needy one back then. Yeah. And you were the controlling one. You had control of the whole relationship. Exactly. But now, years later, you start again and it's like now he's got his life on track a little bit more. He's, yeah. he's more confident. And so what happened? You did tell me this funny story where he actually got dressed up to go out and he came yeah. into the room and he tested you. Yeah, what he happened? was like, what do you think? How does this look? And I was like, it looks really nice. And it did. And what did he say? And he was like, you've come a long way, Donna. <laughs> That's what he said. Good. Okay, so great. So, you know, <laughs> I, I want to bring Dr. J because I'm very excited about Dr. J being on. And Dr. J, we've met each other about 10 years ago. You had another career back then, and all of a sudden, you know, you you really felt that love was was a passion of yours, right? You love love. I love love. Yes, there's nothing I love more. <laughs> okay, good. And and you study people, you have strategies, and now you want to help women and men. You know, or maybe not men. I don't know if you want to help men. I tend to gravitate towards the women, but okay. but I but I love helping men as well. I'm not, but but definitely partial towards women. And you have you have a side to you that is you know in the past you've had controlling and demanding parts of yourself that you've experienced. Absolutely. And how did that work with men back then? So I think my lessons came at a very young age, maybe around the age of twelve, where I had my. Like anybody does, you know, you have your first crush in elementary school when you fall and you fall really hard. And you have no reservations about loving somebody else. And I had my heart broken. And I made a decision back then that 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 wasn't going to happen again. And I needed to look at what happened and realize what I did wrong. And that way I can gain control of the situation. Yeah. How did you get that insight at age 12? Just go home and play with your My Little Pony. It'll get better. (laughs) So I was boarding the bus and having some issues. And I remember that my my teacher actually pulled me aside and she wrote something. She scribbled something down on a piece of paper and I will never forget it. And she wrote, always let them think that you like them. They like you just a little bit more than Mm. what you like them. And how do you do that? I think it's the premise for what what I've learned and some of the methodologies okay. that I'm going to share with with, oh. with you today. But but it's always did you, know, you understand that at age 12 when she said that? I mean, how, that's pretty deep, you it, know, age 12. It is pretty deep. I remember looking at it and reading it several times. Always let them think that they like you just a little bit more than what you like them. And it's about, you know, men are competitive spirits. They 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 like the competition. They don't want that girl that everybody can have. Mm-hmm. And they like the chase. They like knowing that they're special because you love them and that you're not going to put up with their crap. And I think understanding that and, you know, having a little bit of fun with it and then also knowing that you have a little you have more power than what you think you have. But it's not by doing some of the typical tactics that we divert to when, you know, things become stressful and when we feel like we're losing control. So what do you what do you say to strong women, you know, who, you know, you've also you you like run run your household, you run businesses, you have that masculine side to you of like businesswoman. Right. Sure. And then you have 
and are you married? I am married. Okay. Yes. Kids? Two kids. Okay. Married six years. Okay. Yeah. So you're doing mm-hmm. something right. Yes. Right. Now, did you, I'd like to think so. Yeah. Did you, did, were you doing something right back then or did you learn as you kind of went along? I, I think I learned as I kind of went along and that, you know, that, that pivotal moment, you know, uh, that defining moment, I would say when I was 12, um, kind of taught me uh, some very valuable lessons. And then I, I started to perfect my craft over the years. But then I did, you know, like anybody, you're human, you know, so I did have a situation where I kind of threw some of my philosophies to the side and I said, I'm just going to love, I'm going to dive in. And then I got burned again. So it kind of put me back on the right track to say, you know what, you, you, you have to love is a game. Love is a battlefield. Wow. Yeah. Going 80s on us <laughs> here. Right. Wow. So Whoa. you can't just love and just say, you know, I'm just going to love. You got You got to actually, you think, put in some tactics here. I think so. You know what? Just like when you go and, and, and you're doing your job and you have training to perfect your skills. Or if there's a certain sport you want to learn and you need to perfect that, I think we also need to perfect our relationship capabilities. There are six pillars of success. <laughs> to train the man. To train the man that every woman should know and every woman should keep in mind. Okay. Wow. And you've trained a man because you're married to a man that was kind of a rebel and oh. that was untrainable. Oh, absolutely. An Italian. Yes, right? exactly. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And and how is he, is he a little younger than you two? He is. Yeah. Okay. So yes. you had a, a little a boy. I mean, uh, well, in, in a man's younger? body in the three years. Oh, not that's not. That's, not really I thought he was boy. younger than that. No. But you know, guys are always a little bit younger, even if they're older. That's true. <laughs> Men take longer to mature. Whatever that yeah. means. So, I want to hear what you have to say. What are these pillars of success, <laughs> Doctor J? Okay, I'm going to dive into the pillars of success. But okay. before I do, <laughs> I'd like to preface this with saying. As you're listening to these pillars, it may sound like we're playing a little bit of a game that we're trying to think about what we're doing and that love should just be natural. But I'd also like to add is as you're thinking about these, when you think about the destructive tactics that you, you know, that that you may be using now to gain control, Mm. it's no different. These are more like healthy tactics to kind of hone in those destructive tactics. Hmm. So as we're going through it, you know, think about it and and, and I'd like to get your feedback on each of the pillars as well. So we can't, we're diving into the pillars. We're putting the pillars up. Uh, these yeah, pillars are... I'm going I'm I'm to give you the six pillars at a high level, and then we'll dive in one by one. Does okay, that, that sounds everyone? great. Okay, so one, and I've already, I've already divulged this pillar. Always let them think that they like you a little bit more than you like them. That's practical. The second pillar is the catch and release methodology. Whoa. <laughs> Oh, okay. Like a fishing technique? Okay, this is interesting. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're please. very similar. Okay, so you're just going to list them first, right? I'm going to yeah. list them okay, first. Okay. So yeah, the third pillar is don't be a cinder block. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The fourth pillar is the, the I will survive concept. Because you will. Yeah. That's it. And that's the song. Did Was that um, an inspiration? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. The fifth pillar is to maintain power and control over your emotions. Oh, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And number six, know your value. Mm. Oh, important. That's a that's a Matt Hussey special. Oh, Matthew yeah. Hussey. He, I, the guy who wrote Get the Guy. He talks about always maintain your value and you're feeling good about yourself and <laughs> And de- your demand and your value, kind of like a sales type of thing. Absolutely. You know? If you were selling a house yeah. and you knew that your house was worth $500,000 and someone wanted to come along and give you $300,000, you would say, no way, Jose, because it's a tangible object right. mm-hmm. and you know the value. But when it comes to ourselves and knowing our value, knowing what we really want, we all tend to settle for less. And so why does that happen? And that's the tendency where you're not realizing your value. Hmm. Well, what about real value versus perceived value? That's a great question. Mm. 
And so that's where it really comes down to understanding. What do you really have? What, what about when you think about yourself? What are your attributes? What what are those pieces of yourself that are valuable? And then what do you want in a man? And maybe making a list and saying, you know, these are my expectations and then comparing them and saying, are these aligned? Mm. And now let's think about, am I doing the things that I need to do in order to get the man that I want? Okay, so let's, the woman that I want. I get yeah, that. So, yeah. you know, I can't say I want a guy who's a hard worker and then me not be a hard worker right. myself. Is oh, that what you're saying? Right. Exactly. Okay, yeah. exactly. So if we go back to number one, uh, make them like you, make them think that they like you a little more than you like them. How, I mean, what is the actual practical application of that technique? Sure. So when you think about it, when you first get into a relationship, and I think we've all been there, you know, you get that, oh, you know, I wonder what he thinks about me. And you have what I, and I have so many girlfriends and, and, you know, different people I've talked to about, you know, over the talked with about over the years where they go on that first date and they think, I wonder what he's thinking. I wonder right. what he's thinking. Mm. Oh, did I do the right thing? Am I wearing the right thing? And and I, I would encourage people to switch that default personality setting where you're so worried about what he thinks mm -hmm. and put yourself in the shoes of being the interviewer. Yeah. What do, do I like him? Yes. Yeah. Instead yeah. The casting director. The mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Because because the you know, the intuitive thing to do is you go on a date and you're you're so worried about yourself. Well, do the role reversal. Mm -hmm. Right. And evaluate them. Do mm -hmm. you even want them? Yeah. Right. They seem to do that in job interviews, too. Instead of going in there like, oh, I hope they like me. I hope they like me. Go in there like, do I want, do I want to work here? Yeah. You know, are you the kind of um, employer that I want for, for myself? Yeah. Well, yeah. can I tell exactly. you, I, so far, I'm not disappointed with the pillars. Yeah. Wow. Because everything that you said so far actually makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't want somebody like that. I wouldn't want somebody like that as a guy who's always worried about what I'm thinking. Yes. Because I don't, you know, I, what I'm thinking is I'm having dinner with you. I already picked you to date. Mm. Yes. There's tons of broads out there I could go out with. <laughs> I don't, you know, I mean, I could go with anybody. Of course but I, I like already you. picked you. So you don't need to worry about any of that stuff. Mm. Now, you exactly. know, talk to me about what the kind of things that you, I don't, I mean, guys walk away from stuff like that with the same thought process. I don't know if you guys realize that, but men walk away going, man, I wonder if she likes me. Mm. You know, should I wait? Should I call her tomorrow? Mm -hmm. I mean, we really had a good time. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, should I just give it a few days and maybe not call her right away? You know, I mean, we're just as unsure as you are. Like, I think you guys sometimes have a picture that we just get up and go, yeah. All right. Thanks for coming. I'll talk to you later when I feel like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think I think, Vinny, you 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 raise a, a very important point. So you walk away thinking, should I call her? And, you know, should I wait three days or, you know, should I call her right away? See, women walk away thinking, is this the one? You know, can I picture him as my husband? Yeah. Would he be a good father? Right. See, yeah. we're fast forwarding Crazy. so fast into, but every woman does it because, you know, women have that need to nest and to, you know, reproduce. I know, but let's get the dessert first before that's we start nesting and, and, that's and exactly reproducing. My, that's exactly my but point. But how do you know if he's thinking that? How do you know if he's in, if you're in that position, okay, you're doing these techniques, right? Mm -hmm. But how do you know by look at watching him, if he thinks that he likes you a little more than you like him. How do you know that that's working? Well, what I would say is reserve the need to jump to the future mm, and make good. him come after you. Do the interviewing process. Talk to him about what his needs are. Find out 
does he does he have the same view on socialization as you do? For example, does he like to go to parties where he doesn't know people? If if that's something that you like to do and you like to go and network and he doesn't, you know, how how important that is that to you? Is he going to be a person that's going to fit in with your friends? Does he like to do the same things? Mm-hmm. You know, we we tend to not talk about that. Is and he going to be a cinder block tied to your going, ankle? Exactly. Oh, what, yeah. Well, we have to get to that. So now, what's the what's the next one after that? So the next pillar is the catch and release methodology. Okay, what's that? Well, because I do think that, you know, there there is a time where you need to let that person know that you like them. I think that's where I'm at. I think he knows. <laughs> yeah, I think he knows fairly well that you're you're there. Yeah. All right, so now I'm going to do this. Go yeah. Ahead. <laughs> so so it's kind of like this reinforcement kind of method. Like, you know, I really do like you, but then I'm going to release you. And then I really do like So you kind of, you know, y- you let them know that you like them, but not that you need them to the degree of which you're you're mm. always, you know, trying to, to get a hold on them. You know, you if you love something, mm-hmm. let it free. Mm. Okay, so how do you release? You, All right, I'm, I like pillar yeah. number two okay. now, too. Now, yeah. when you this say, I like stuff. you, but you know what? If you need to, to work late or you need to do your thing, hey, I'm cool. That's right? the release. Yes. That's, that's the release. Okay, yes. yeah. You're yes. not saying, oh, you know, like, really? Yeah. Are you really? You're not going to see me tonight? Like... Really? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because that <laughs> yeah. can be. They even give you the chills. <laughs> As a guy, that gives me the chills. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm definitely not going to see you yeah. tonight. But we think if we, if we show that <laughs> yeah, we're right. d- disappointed in something, that maybe it'll make him want to see us more. But maybe. No, it turns no. away. Yeah. It definitely yeah. does. So what is exactly. another like quick example of a catch and release like in, a, in some sort of practical like situation? What, what is like, if you could think of something. To- sure. It's almost kind of like the pick your battles kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Maybe I need to know what we're doing for Friday night. And so I want to know if we're going out or if I can make plans with other people. So instead of, Mm. are we going to be together Friday night? You know, because that's such a desperation plea, right? Mm-hmm. You, you need to say, look, I have other options. And my friends are asking me to go out. I, I know that you you said that you wanted to get together this weekend. What are our plans for Friday night? So being really practical and not so darn needy. Yeah, I do. Like, like, I really like you and I'd love to see you. But hey, if you can't make it. I'm going to go out. Exactly. Okay. Catch. I really like you. Release. But if you have other plans and you'd rather be cool. somewhere else, I'm cool with that. See, I do wow. that because I'm a planner and he isn't. I think, too, yeah. it, 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 we, we should probably shy away from saying it. What do you mean? Like, like, oh, well, if you have something better to do, do that. But I think it's more in our actions, like not... Not harping on it too much and, and, you know, really not being that needy. Well, you don't present it as... You know, making him feel guilty about right. Absolutely. Picking. Right. Yes, it's what not she's an saying is, right. yo, I got my girlfriends are calling me and I know it's only Tuesday, but, you know, were you planning on going out this weekend with me? Because if you weren't, I mean, I have other things that I can right. do. Not, well, I really like you, but if you have other plans, that's fine. Because that's completely different. Well, no, that happens no. like, like now. Like Tell he doesn't think right feel special. He doesn't feel special in. No, it's, just, it's you trying to make him feel guilty. Exactly. Well, yeah. you have other pressure. plans. That's so fine. Release the pressure. Exactly. Release the pressure. No. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Say, I've, 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 I, you know, people are calling me asking me to do stuff, and you know, I want to give you like first option. So ah, if nice. you decide nice. that yeah. you'd like to have dinner with me Friday night, if you if you had planned in your head, I know it's only Tuesday. I'm not being crazy girl or nothing, but. I do have other options, so if you don't mind letting me know, that's cool. Either way, it's fine. And then that's it. And the guy's like, either way, it's fine. Yeah. You know, then then you make the move, not, well, I really like you and I would love to see you, but if you have other plans, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Because that makes it sound yeah. like, that's, you know, yeah. okay. all right, you, if you choose your friends, I'm going to be mad. All right. What is your third uh, tactic on man training? 
Don't be a cinder block. Mm. Okay, what does that mean? A downer? Debbie Downer? A heavyweight. Yeah. You know, no one wants to hike a mountain with a thousand pounds on their back. No one wants to be a, you know, independent pillar with something leaning on them and just always putting pressure on them. And so, you know, it, it's, it's that whole that it's that whole thing where you're just not looking for, you know, the next thing where you're not just, you, you know, picking at, you know, finding every battle to fight about. And I think there are, you know, the, you know, the book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's going and just worrying about every little detail and every little situation and just being, a, you know, a complete draining. Yeah. Draining. Yeah, a okay. complete vacuum. Yeah. It good. When it comes to that. Anything you're doing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And good. everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it would pr- turn a white room into a dark room in a minute mm. if you if you act like that. Exactly. Uh, Can you seen, think about yeah. a time or, oh, or a woman that, that you've had where they yeah. were, were being, you know, you, you feel this, this, this feeling of a, of a cinder block? There's always, there's always something to do and there's always what's next. Like, you know, nothing's ever done. Nothing's ever, okay, we're cool. Everything's good. There's no relaxed time. It's always go, 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 go. And, uh, you know, guys don't work like that. That's tiring. Guys, guys are it's very, tiring. and, it's, and yeah. it, it does. It sucks the energy out. And when one good thing happens, when one bad thing happens, that might be as big as a thumbnail uh-huh. and you turn it into a mountain, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, it's just, it, like I said, it sucks the energy out. It's hard to find room to love somebody when they're drowning in their own nonsense. Or always picking right. out the negative and right, right. not the positive. Okay. Exactly. What's your next one? The I will survive concept. Mm-hmm. What is that? And that's, you know, this is really about maintaining your independence, you know, making it very clear that you don't need them. Mm-hmm. You know, a relationship should be something where it's a symbiotic relationship between two people and where it is, like, as, as Vinny said, it's relaxed and it's not, you know, this, this, this no high drama. Yeah, no high drama. You know, I, I will survive with or without you and and I want you, but I don't need you. OK, mm-hmm. that's a good one. And what's yeah. your is this your final one? No, I have two more. OK. One, maintain power and control over your emotions. Mm, okay. And this is one that, that I've struggled with as well through the years, you know, especially being a hot-headed Italian. Yeah, yeah, you right. You know, when things, when, when the going gets tough and they're doing things that you don't like and, you you know, you actually, you feel like you might maintain more power by blowing up and exploding, right? Mm-hmm. But but really, you maintain so much more control when you're calculated. Mm-hmm. And when you take a deep breath and you say, okay, what's really going on here? Mm-hmm. And... If I yell or if I blow up or, you know, what am I really going to accomplish? Mm. Because how we react. Exactly. Because Mm -hmm. when you blow up and when you, you know, act crazy, all you do is just push them away. So Mm -hmm. the very thing that you're trying to achieve. Good point. Is the the, the exact opposite is happening. Okay. And what's your sixth pillar? Know your value. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this, you know, earlier, if you were going to buy, you know, if you had a house for sale or a car for sale or any item, you know, you you have a tangible value, you know what that value is, and you know, you're not going to undersell. And I would say the same thing in your in, in yourself. If you are a very successful woman, and you have your finances all in order, and you, you, you know, you're just you're doing all the right things, you know, don't go after that, that guy who doesn't have anything in order and can't manage his way out of a paper bag you know right you if if you do then you're you're choosing to undervalue yourself Hmm. okay great i am so that that, those are great i want to sleep on the pillars i want to sleep on the pillars thank you so much 
Have you written this there book be yet? Better relationships. Yeah. You gotta you gotta write this down. Oh, we, we, well, should, we, we, we should write a book together. Yeah, okay. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. But I would I read that anything, book. You know what? Laura it. Doyle's on the line, oh. author of the Surrendered Wife, uh, New York Times bestseller, and I know she's been listening into your pillars, so I'm very excited to hear what she has to say. Laura, thank you so much for being on hold with us. Laura? Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. Cool. What did you think about Dr. J's Six Pillars? <laughs> Well, you know, I think she's very practical, which I always like. That's a big thing with me when people say, uh, you know, you got to love yourself first. I used to get so mad about that because I thought, what does that mean? Should I stand in front of the mirror and just hug myself or say you're great? Or what does that mean? I really need to know specifically what to do. And that's Dr. J's uh, deal, it sounds like. So I like that she's very practical. Awesome. Yeah. And you know what, Laura, you were on here before and I had read maybe a chapter of your book, but I actually took the time to read the whole book. And I have to say the title, I was conf- I was like, oh, it's the surrendered wife must be for weak women. You know what I mean? And then I read right. your book and I was like, and I've, I've read hundreds of ebooks on relationships and tactics and this and that. And because I love this subject and I, and I like doing research. And when I read yours, it had a major impact on me because it is about controlling women, people who want, want control, the type A personalities, the women who just you know, are drivers, and they can't seem to have a successful relationship. They end up butting heads with men all the time. Right. Well, I think we were all raised, you know, us modern women were raised to be independent. We don't need a man. And a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. And you've got to focus on your career and get your education and be a success was a big message that we got. But I think where the breakdown happens is that the things that help us be successful at work are not the same as what helps you succeed in an intimate relationship. And we bring all that assertiveness training home and try to use it, and we're not getting the results we want, and we can't understand why that is. And why? Do you, and what do people bring home? You know, say people, you know, women have their career and they bring, what exactly do they bring home? And you talk a lot about respect in the book, yeah. and most of the time when men aren't treating us right, they're feeling disrespected. But respect to women, respect to men, are completely two, two different things. So what makes a man right. feel disrespected? Well, I, when my husband was dating, before we met, uh, a third grade teacher, uh, he said that she used to tell him what to do, like he was eight years old, right? So she would say, go sit down, put that away. And it was a real turnoff. Talk about disrespect. Now, that's what she did at work all day. So maybe she was having a hard time changing her hat when she got off work. But you think about how the goals are very different, right? Like at at work, I want to improve the bottom line or get a promotion or create these results. At home, I just want him to tell me I'm beautiful and hold my hand and, you know, just I, I want to laugh together. So those are really different goals. So in order for me to be respectful, i got to remember this is not a guy that I'm, I'm – it's not something I'm here to manage. You know, I'm not his mother. And I think that's a really common pitfall. You know, one of the – I heard an expression recently, we tend to mother our husbands and honor our children instead of the opposite way. Wow. That's a really common pitfall. What do you think causes women to destroy relationships? I know in your book, you said that by employing some of these techniques, like people were on the verge of like their divorce, like they already decided to get divorced. They're already contacting lawyers and all of a sudden they employ these techniques and things are changing. Like things, I actually tried some of these things just in work, work mode, um, dealing with men in business. And Uh I found that they were treating me differently. Yeah, yeah, you get a different response really fast. I mean, yeah, really think, fast. They work right. The 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 misconception is like you said, surrendered wife. People think that means submissive, yes. or obedient. But a surrendered wife knows that she can't control anyone besides herself, so she doesn't try. Instead, she focuses on her own happiness, 
And that, in turn, improves the intimacy. But you, you hit on something there, Marissa, because men really want to be respected in every situation. So I love that you're using it at work. I use it, like, with my nephew, you know, with my dad. And, they, you know, just because it feels better for me to treat them respectfully than it did to, to nag or repeat myself or... Uh, or tell them what they should do. You know, everybody hates that. Nobody wants to hear what they should do because everybody likes to feel that they uh, know what's best for themselves. And in fact, they do. And what if you are unhappy about something he's doing? How do you address that in the right way? Well, let's let's take an example, right? Let's say uh, something like he's wearing that U2 t-shirt from 1982 with a stain on it and a hole in it or something, right? <laughs> right. It just Were you in my closet? <laughs> <laughs> Were you in my closet? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. And I was like, what is going on in here? But anyway, so, so the first question I'm always asking myself as a surrendered wife is, like, gosh, is this on my paper? Meaning, does this pertain to, to Laura? Is this something that I decide or is something I'm eating or saying or my attitude? And if it's his clothing, the answer is really no. It has nothing to do with me, right? So am I going to comment on that? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, I, I fell in love with my husband, uh, who had been dressing himself since before I was born. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you guys forget that a lot. Yeah. He's really quite competent with dressing himself. And I've never, you know, dressed a man every day for uh, all those years. So I, I trust that my husband knows what he's doing. In a lot of situations, he'll talk about work, and maybe he'll just be uh, trying on an idea or blowing off steam like he was telling me this morning that he had this uh, client who wanted a bid, and he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to just tell him to go jump in a lake, right? <laughs> and so I could be like, oh, my God, you shouldn't tell your client to go jump in a lake. But I know, I trust my husband. I, like, he's just blowing off steam, right? So I'm like, yeah, whatever you think. Yeah, tell him to tell him Lake Michigan. First go to Michigan and find a lake to jump in, right? I can get on board, or I can just say whatever you think. Because I know that ultimately my husband's going to make a wise decision. Because he is competent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's smart. I wouldn't have married an idiot. Right. 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 Well, that's that's the that's other thing, good. too, that I always find is that these women fall in love with men because of who they are, and then they want them to be somebody else. And yeah. that's yeah, they try not, to it's not, you liked me because of who I was. You liked me because I wore my U2 t-shirt. You You liked me because... You know, I looked good in a sweater and I didn't like apples. You know what I mean? Like, that's why you liked me. (laughs) So, like, why do you want me to be different now? And that goes to, like, taking your own inventory and, you know, figuring out what it is that you like in in a person rather than what Dr. J was saying, which was like, don't worry about yourself so much. You know, think about this person and whether or not you want to be with them. Yeah. You know what? emerged for me was I realized that underneath all of my urges to control, and I mean, I was horrible. I, I had to tell him everything, what to, you know, what to wear, what to say at work, what to eat for lunch. I was just really a mess. And my whole marriage was a mess. But what emerged for me was that when I stopped trying to control, I realized that it was all based in fear. You know, I was afraid I was going to have to pay more or wait longer or suffer in some way or, or that, you know, I was afraid his health or his whatever, or the impression we made on the neighbors. And once I just became willing to face my own life and quit being the armchair quarterback of his life, all these other scary things emerged, right? I ended up writing a book that a lot of people hate, right? It's called The Surrendered Wife. And mm. I got plenty of hate mail for that. And I, and I also got to go on national television, which was really scary. 
and so it, it, it was like less scary to just focus on his life than it was to show up for mine. But I realized like, gosh, mine was waiting in the wings when I was uh, ready to put my attention onto my own life instead of focusing on his. Well, wow. that is that is great, Laura. Thank you so much for coming on. I wish I could talk to you longer, but I want you to let people know how to get a copy of your book. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would go to intimacyandpeace.com, intimacyandpeace.com. You can get the book. You can uh, also see my new free training videos. It's called Modern Marriage Skills for Women Only at intimacyandpeace.com. Well, this is great. I hope we can have you on again in the future to maybe look at some women's love lives that we want to make changes oh, with. So That would be so fun. Awesome. Well, I will thing. be in touch with you. Okay, great. All right. Thanks, thanks Laura. Laura. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, we, we're so excited. Uh, we, if you've been listening to this show, we had a great lineup today. Dr. J, Six Pillars of Success for Slam Man Training. Slam dunk on the pillars, Doc. Oh, yeah. Nice work. You, you did a great job. And we, we got Donna Drama, who's been speechless, which is not like her the whole time. She's been <laughs> hanging out to every word. Stable Gina said she learned a lot this, yeah. this show. We had Laura Doyle come on, who is author of The Surrendered Wife, which is, she did an amazing interview. She's great. And now we're going to get to the psychic part of this show, which we have to, because it is into a date, right? So we're going to bring on the line uh, Renee on the line. Renee, are you there? I'm here. Hi, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Good. And Renee uh, had a reading with me the other day. And just so you know, Renee, we have some people in the studio following their love life. We have Dr. J, but all of them actually also have intuitive ability too. So we're going to, oh, I just, you know, with, with psychic stuff and intuitive stuff, I always tell people that the images are always correct, but sometimes I misinterpret it because I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm human. So sometimes I misinterpret information, but we really need to help you out because you did a reading with me the other day and I picks, picked up some stuff on your situation. You called about your love life. You're married for what, 20 years? 14. 14 years. Close enough, right? You can get an extra six at, at him in there for stress. <laughs> it feels um, like 20. <laughs> yeah. So, and... What I normally do is I tune into the person's name and then I get a feeling and you were having some trouble with your marriage and uh, you call me and the first thing I felt was a sexuality issue with your husband. Yeah. And you had said to me, I said, does that make any sense to you? Why am I feeling this, this confusion? And you said, well, my mother feels the same thing. So you had validated that. And so, you know, the situation of us bringing this up and having some issues with your marriage caused you great anxiety after the uh, after the reading. And you call me up the next day. You're like, I don't know what to do. I started really thinking about this. And I told you, listen, it could be that I was just picking up that it was a discussion that you and your mom had uh, and something you guys have been talking about. So sometimes it could be interpreted that way. But you really need some help. So I wanted to have you talk about your situation to our team. And I want to see if I'm on the right track with what my initial thoughts were, or maybe they have some extra insight into your situation. Would that be okay? Absolutely. Okay. Yes, do, yes. do you want to give them kind of a background real quick of where you're at? Yeah. So like, so like Marissa said, we've been married for 14 years and um, we do not have, I wouldn't even say a, a great marriage or even a mediocre marriage. I think we just don't even have a marriage. We live together. We're raising children together. But it's basically being apart. Um, we live in the same house, but we don't share any at the same time outside of our children's activities. Um, so I've been kind of thinking about what I need to do for a while because I'm just very unhappy. And I believe he is as well. And um, so, you know, I've seen psychics from time to time in the past, and I heard really great things about you, Marissa. So that's why I decided to make the call and have the, you know, the time with you. 
And then, you know, the very first thing you said to me was around the sexuality. And I guess that struck a chord with me because my mother has been saying this for months. And I don't see it. No, none of my friends have ever said anything about seeing it. And I think I'm pretty in tune with that, and I will be able to pick up on it. But I was just floored by that. Mm-hmm. What is the it- issue, Renee? I mean, but we have to say that you guys haven't been intimate in two years, correct? Correct. How yeah. about prior to that? Yeah. Was it the way it should be? No, I think it was very mechanical. Was he just performing like as a duty? There wasn't any love or uh, uh, like, you know, romance to it. It was just, hey, no. it's time. Let's do this. Correct. It was, it was, there's no love, no romance to it. Can I okay. say something? Sure. You know, whether the sexuality is questioned or not, you are not happy. That's what I said. Yep. And I'm feeling like it doesn't really matter. Get out. You know, that's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm hearing. Get out because it doesn't make a difference because, you know, all the, uh, you know, the show we were talking about earlier today is you can't change someone. And if he is or he isn't, that really doesn't matter. I mean, everything you just told me sounds like you're very unhappy and it sounds miserable and you deserve better. I am. And Marissa said the same thing. And the statement that I made to her is, and I agree, if you're unhappy, you should get out. However, this particular issue for me would make a difference. And the reason I believe that is because it would help validate for me that it wasn't all me and that, you know, I get I get the brunt of the blame for everything. Yeah, I know. But you know what? The mistake that you'll make is looking to him to solve the problem or to give you validation. You can validate yourself. You already know what's going on inside of you. Because if you it, know yeah. what kind of person you are, and you shouldn't look to him to put a stamp on you to make you okay. And you're you looking to put a stamp okay. on him to blame him. Who has to be a blame? It just you're two just people didn't work that out. just didn't work out and accept that and and learn mm-hmm. from it. Doctor J. Renee, when you talk to him about or do you talk to him when you or have you brought this issue to him and asked him why the intimacy is lacking? Yes, she did. I did. Yeah. Okay. And what was what was his response? Uh, basically, he believes that because I'm not very kind to him and I'm not loving to him, nice things to say to him that he doesn't want to be intimate with me for those reasons. Okay. And and is that true? Are, are you unkind to him and critical? And do, do you well, find think, yourself going into that pattern? Yes, absolutely. But because you're not happy. Men have needs, too. You well, know this what I mean? Is my- and that's my mother's point. She always says, you know, has said to me in the recent months, you know, that's uh, two years is a long time. A man has needs. A woman has needs. Mm-hmm. So, and well, it was mechanical before. Well, I mean, it's mechanical for him now. I mean, you know, it could be, it, it could be, it could be any, it could be any way to relieve yourself of those needs. I mean, it's, you know, guys are alone most of our lives until we're lucky enough to find somebody that says I do that we're usually by ourselves and we survive up until that point without, you know, women in our lives to take care of that type of thing. So like, and then when we do need a woman in our life to take care of that type of thing, we just go find one and then it's over. But I'm not saying that that's what he's doing, but I do, I can see how a guy would fall into a, uh, a situation where he wouldn't want to be intimate with somebody who's not being nice to him and is not being kind to yeah. him. And, you know, Kind of shut that off and do what he needs to do when you're not around or, you know, whatever the case is. I mean, look, I've been married for 28 years. I didn't say I was happily married, but I said I've been married for 28 years and I've spent some time during my marriage by myself. And 
I made it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and intuitively, Dr. J, do you feel like, uh, like, what do you feel psychically here? Well, I think that when I, when I, when I think about the situation, I, I do feel that there is a resistance and there is a disdain towards you from your husband. And that's just, just what I'm picking up. And what I was wondering as, as we're talking, Renee, would you be open to me giving you an assignment? to do over the next uh, five days. Could could you commit to a behavioral change over the next five days? Okay, because what I would ask you to do, and let's just test this hypothesis, okay, about his sexuality and what's going on, is to completely do the opposite of what you would normally do. And after the break, we could talk about what that entails. No, we, we're actually coming to the end of the show. Oh, we are. Yeah. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. That's so, so, so what I would ask you to do is be to, to just do the, the exact opposite of what you would normally do. Mm. So, you, you know, um, the, the whole piece about being cruel and maybe being a little bit critical, switching that to kindness. And just just doing the exact opposite of what you're what you're inclined to do. Okay, thank you so much, Renee, for coming on. Thank you, Dr. J, for everything you had to say. We will follow up with this as we go along and tune in next week to Intuitate Radio. Thanks for listening.